Hello, welcome to On Leading, a video podcast series exploring conversations on leading with authenticity with MHS members and staff. We hope that through these brief snippets, you'll hear perspectives on leadership that inspire you and connect you with this caring community. While the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic inspired this undertaking, we know that leading with authenticity is a calling that extends beyond the complexities of this moment. Today, we've invited Lowell Peachy, who recently retired as president and CEO at Mennonite Friendship Communities and recently completed service on the MHS Board of Directors. Welcome, Lowell. Thank you, good to be with you. Great, let's go ahead and dive in. I wanna ask you about your first real job. My first real job. Well, actually, uh, I'm gonna talk about two employers, but my first real job was a farmhand. Um, I was 13 years old and my dad felt like I needed something to keep me occupied during the summer. I wasn't really into, into sports a lot. Um, and so um, I got a job as a, um, as a farmhand and 13-year-old um, kid. Uh, one of the interesting things about that, I think it was that, uh, that, su that summer following my, uh, that I started working, either the county or the state implemented <clears throat> excuse me, a tractor driving or a schooling requirement, training requirement for kids who were not, who were not children of farmers. So I had to take this tractor driving course to prove, I guess, that I could handle the equipment. And I was the first one in the county to take it. I got my picture in the paper. Um, and, you know, we got down there and there were, I don't know, 10 or 20 people there. And so they wanted to know if there was a volunteer to go first and I wanted to get to work. So I said, yep, took the course and, um, uh, was the first one to take it in the county. They kind of made a big deal about it. But um, working for Richard at that time, this was at Heston, Kansas, um, he was a semi-driver in the wintertime. And so he basically turned me loose to do chores, feeding cattle and hogs. And, you know, it was, you know, for, for somebody who was, you know, really had a little bit of farm background, but he kind of turned me loose and and let me let me go, and that was I think kind of formative in terms of being able to take take on responsibility early on. The second guy that I worked for was um, in in college, and he was a dairy farmer in North Dakota. And I had worked for him uh, during a January as part of an ag program. And the following uh, worked for him then the following summer, and then the following winter over Christmas vacation, he took a ten day vacation, went to Virginia. To visit his mother. That was the first time he had not been in a, at at least one milking a day in 13 years. And I think I would have been 18 at the time. And, and he basically turned over his 125 cow herd to me to sort of manage and milk and do the chores and look after things. So those were, you know, those were two things fairly young. And, you know, if I was fairly young and, and you could say inexperienced, but here, were, you know, these were two people that entrusted me with a lot of responsibility. And uh, so, so I, you know, I, I felt like that was, that was uh, pretty formative. I, I jotted down three things that I learned early on in, in part by, uh, from these experiences, um, you know, be responsible. Uh, and this is probably better advice for younger leaders, be responsible. Uh, if you're given responsibility and you do well, you'll be given more responsibility. Um, don't be afraid to take on something new, even a big project. Uh, in my career, I've jumped, uh, across industries, sometimes into some areas that I didn't really know a lot about and uh, still was able to, uh, to do those successfully. 
And the third thing I would say is, um, you know, everything you do builds on prior experiences. And my, um, I think you could say in my lifetime, uh, most of my experiences or, or instincts are transferable across industries and across projects. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that kind of gives you what you need. Absolutely. Wow. That uh, sounds like a very labor intensive um, first experience, but one that has clearly had some long-term impact. And thank you for those three, um, three points at the end there for future leaders. That's really helpful. Yeah. Um, I want to dive in a little deeper here and ask what inspires you as a leader? Maybe you can tell us about um, someone that you admired as a leader. Well, you know, I've had an opportunity to answer this question a lot over the, over the years. And and I think I really settled on the the idea that the chase of leadership. I don't know if that's um, if that needs more explanation, but but I really enjoyed, um, you know, the, the the chase of the challenge. Um, in I think I was in one executive circle meeting, and and everybody was being asked, you know, so why do you have the the position that you do? And everybody had some kind of a story about a grandparent or. A, you know, they started early in, in long-term care, and so they were inspired by the work and the service and so forth, and I really didn't have anything like that, and to me, it was just the the uh, the chase of leadership. I like leading. I like mobilizing a group of people to accomplish a task or a goal. Uh, I like trying to motivate people. Um, you know, I've always seen my job as a leader, particularly as a, as a CEO, is to make sure people have what they needed to get their to, get, to, to do their jobs, to get their work done. Uh, one of my experiences was at uh, Bethel College in North Newton, spent three and a half years as the chief financial officer there. And, and I think one of the turning points in the interview with, with some of the cabinet members, um, I think what I've observed is that chief financial officers tend to be people that say no a lot. People want to spend money, or they want to do this project, and you know there's limited resources, and so you have to go to the to the chief money guy and ask him for the, for the project. And I think the experience of some of the folks that were in that interview were was that the CFO was often one that just always said no. You know, I have an idea, the answer is no, before you even get what the idea is. And I said, you know, I made that comment that my job was to make sure people had the resources they need. And I think that was a turning point and one of the reasons that I probably uh, probably got the job. Um, most of my career has been in five-year blocks. Um, I was at one, uh, one job at a bank for about nine years and at Mennonite Friendship Communities, 13 years. Um, you know, but most of, most of my career has been kind of going in and assessing the situation and making changes and and uh, you know, trying to position it for for uh, for going on in the, in, in the future. Um, as far as the person that I think probably the leader that I really would identify as maybe the first person would be would be Ronald Reagan. Um, and I and I've used that quite a bit, and some people kind of raise their eyebrows at that. But I think uh, there's really two things about Reagan that really impressed me, and I think the first was his affable nature. Um, in, in the face of opposition and, and attacks, he didn't let it bother him, and, and at least not outwardly. And he you know, always had good humor and, and was able to sort of respond with, uh, you know, with a lighthearted response. You know, a, a soft answer turns away wrath. I mean, that's a, 
a proverb that I think a lot of us um, a lot of us uh, have heard, and I think Reagan exemplified that in a lot of ways. And so I've always always felt like that was a, a, a trait that I wanted to uh, to to um, to have. And the second one um, was that he was he was really an optimist. I mean, as I read more about about him, his administration, but even his life before he was president, um, he saw the brighter a brighter future, even when things were their most difficult and the most challenging. And and certainly, I never expected to end my career the last 90 days in the middle of a pandemic. That you know, no, who knows how that's going to change change the world. And and so even um, you know, I think of one anecdote I had it was I think it was in first around the first of April, and I had a nurse manager that uh, we were serving together in the dining room, trying to figure out how to make all those changes. And the the nurse manager came up to me and says, "How do you do it?" And I said, "Do what?" He said, stay calm. And I said, you know, I don't know, I guess experience. Um, and so those, you know, affability, being, being able to be affable, affable and lighthearted, uh, even when things are tense, and being an optimist, always seeing a brighter future is, are, are two things, I think, that I would say that I, that I learned, picked up from Reagan. Um, I did have a boss tell me at one point that he thought I was affable, and I was kind of surprised at that because I see myself as being generally a little bit more intense. But and, and opinionated, but um, you know, in that setting, that's the trait that came across. And so I, you know, I feel like that's, and that I would, I would say too, that that is a trait that was developed. That doesn't, that didn't come naturally for me, so. Thank you so much, Lowell. Uh, what a gift to hear from you now, especially as you're reflecting on your career. Um, thank you so much. You bet, it's been my pleasure and, uh, Good luck with this series. I'm I'm sure it'll be uh, valuable to the people who are uh, who are gonna be tuning in. Thank you. Blessings to you.